You're inside the Mom Stuff Coffee Shop, a podcast dedicated to helping you get back up again, turning your pain into power, turning your trauma into triumph. I am your host, KK Smith, and I find joy in helping you get back up again. This podcast holds a space for you to grow, heal, and connect like you never have before. So grab your coffee and step inside the Mom Stuff Coffee Shop. Welcome to today's show, everyone. Thank you for joining me inside the Mom Stuff Coffee Shop. Today, we are talking with Alexa Martin, and we are talking about developing self-worthiness. Oh, how we need self-worthiness to do the impossible and just to get up every day with a plan, with self-love and self-care. So Alexa is going to break down all parts of self-worthiness. She's a mindset coach. She helps people to arrive at self-love and self-care and not be so anxious in life. So Alexa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. That was such a lovely introduction. And yes, I am so excited to dive deep on self-worthiness, unconditional self-worth right? Because like you said, it's so important in just living a life you feel good about and waking up every day happy and loving yourself. So such an important topic. So can you tell our listeners what is self-worthiness? I know it seems like it's self-explanatory, but from a mindset, self-care view, what exactly is self-worthiness? Self-worthiness at its core is this idea that I am enough. I am already enough. It doesn't matter how much I get done in a day. It doesn't matter what I look like. It doesn't matter what I don't do. Like I am already enough. Okay. So how does self-worthiness play out in our self-care? And what do we miss about self-care as this pertaining to self-worthiness? Well, a lot of people I find struggle with self-care and with making the time for self-care and even deeming it as a worthy activity because at their core, like they don't feel like they are worthy of the time it takes, or they don't feel like they're worthy of the energy it takes and that they should just be continuously giving to others and that giving to themselves is not a worthwhile activity. And that really comes from a place of low self-worth. So when you get to that place of high self-worth, it's like, no, 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 like I'm worth the time it's going to take to feel good about myself, to feel good about my life. And you begin to just live in a way that feels good to you rather than always overextending yourself or trying to do things just to get other people to validate you in order to feel worthy. You already feel worthy. Okay. And how do we lose (laughs) self-worthiness? So many ways. It really starts in childhood, right? Like, I think children are just these magical beings and it's almost like whack-a-mole that from from the moment we are born until adulthood, we just keep getting like whacked down. It's like, be quiet, you're wrong. You don't look like you shouldn't look that way. Just keep whacking down. Um, And through all of those experiences, you really start to learn to like quiet your inner self and you learn to just condition yourself to be in a way that's going to be accepted by other people. And all of that is bringing you down to a place of lower self-worth. So even things in childhood where perhaps you went home 
you got off the bus from school and you were super excited to see a parent or what, whatever it may be, a caretaker, and like you went to give them a big hug and they didn't have the emotional capacity at the time to give you a hug back. And so they kind of like turn their backs on you. And we can look at experiences like that as an adult and really minimize them and be like, that's no big deal. But as a child, when you're so dependent on other people, experiences like that are very traumatizing. And like you begin to internalize these messages that like, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy of love. Really, that wasn't what was happening at all. But as a child, you don't have the emotional maturity to recognize that. So from a young age, these experiences start to build up where, you know, you start to feel I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy of love. I need to be a certain way. I need to quiet out my true, authentic inner self. And then this just continues into adulthood as, you know, people that we experience in life tell us to be a certain way or shut us down. And it just goes on and on and on. And then we really just get to these places of low self-worth. And right, like we were talking about before, then you start to operate in an unconscious way from a place of low self-worth where something like you being in a career that you're really not happy about, you just equate to being like, oh, that's just a part of being an adult, but it's not. And when you're doing that, you're coming from a place of low self-worth. So just thinking about where in my life am I minimizing my like authentic wants and needs And how could that be coming from a place of low self-worth? And how can I moving forward be like, no, I'm worthy of living like the life that I actually love. So how do you connect the pieces of doing what you want to really do in life and operating in a higher energy with self-worth and also being responsible Mm-hmm. <laughs> life is happening you know you want to do this thing and now you have all your self-worth intact but then how do you how do you justify being totally connected with your soul from being totally connected with what you need to do in life so sometimes oftentimes those things do not line up. So there's the thing that we may think we need to do for income, to take care of ourselves, to take care of our families. And then there's this thing that it just keeps reminding us, this is what my soul wants to do. This is what my soul would love to do. So how do you get to that place when you're full of energy, higher level energy, you have self-worth, but you're stuck on this job that you absolutely hate. How do you pivot and do what you absolutely want to do? There's definitely a few different ways to go about it. Um, (laughs) For some people, they're going to go like cold turkey. We're just quitting the job overnight, cross our fingers, jump off the deep end, hope the world catches me. (laughs) That'll work for some people, (laughs) not everyone. I, I think so that's one approach. Then there's another approach of really taking... I don't want to call them baby steps, but taking it like one step at a time. So maybe you're in a job that you hate right now and you know you what you want to be doing. So can you challenge yourself to just set a boundary at the job you're in now in terms of the amount of time and energy you're going to give to it and carve out just two hours a week starting now that you're going to devote to what you actually want to be doing. And maybe a month from now, that two hours can become three hours. And just like step by step, you know, carving out more and more time and energy for what you actually want to be doing. Because 
I think that we also get this wrong sometimes that you don't have your biggest passion doesn't have to be your job. Like your job can be a source of financial means, a source of security, a source of comfort for you. And that's totally fine. Like you don't feel shame if you're not pursuing your passion full time. Like it doesn't have to be that way, especially when you have a family and a lot of responsibilities to be taken care of. But it's more about how can I create some moments for myself where I'm doing the things that I want to be doing? How can I create some boundaries in terms of how much energy I'm giving to my job if it's just going to be that, if it's just going to be a source of financial means for me? Absolutely. And I think you are so right. No one has to feel shame because they have responsibilities because I hear a lot of people you know, talking about now, especially in the world that the pandemic has happened and so much has happened to adjust how we're creating business. Um, And people are at record rates establishing businesses that they've always felt are closer to their soul, closer to who they were meant to be in the first place. But I also think there's a space for people You have a job, you have a responsibility, but also grabbing those moments, like you said, maybe turning a side hustle into something that you absolutely love to do. There there are several things that I absolutely love to do and they are developing, but I'm not totally putting my complete self into them. They're just like passion projects, but they are closer to my soul. And I think your soul is so happy when you finally align something to that energy instead of just going through life being on automatic and i call it following the herd into what everybody else is doing because it's popular but i think you will never get there if you do not have your self-worthiness intact so thank you for explaining that to us so the next thing i wanted to ask you is why do we need self-worthiness to do anything that is impossible in life? Well, we need self-worthiness to do anything that's going to, I was going to say, going to challenge our sense of worthiness. (laughs) Because when when we're doing things that are, you know, seemingly impossible, seemingly difficult, we're going to be told no. We're going to be told it's not possible by other people. There's going to be a lot of messages coming at us to not do that thing. And in order to move forward and believe in yourself and do that thing, you have to be coming from a place of self-worthiness. And the thing about self-worthiness is you become less afraid of failure, right? Because you're like, me failing at this has nothing to do with my worthiness. I'm already a worthy being, so why not just give it a shot and see how it goes? But when you're conditioning your worthiness on the things around you, giving you validation, then you become paralyzed by this fear of failure because you've conditioned your worthiness on succeeding. And so of course, you're not gonna wanna take those scary steps. Yes. And why is it just okay to normalize failure? Why is it okay to just fail? Failure is literally just the definition of feedback. That's all it is. It has nothing to do with your worthiness. It has nothing to do with you as a human. It is just feedback. It is the only way that you're going to learn and you'll grow in, in life. We don't grow when we're comfortable. We only grow through discomfort. Yeah. So failure is feedback. 
And if you want to grow and you want to live like an extraordinary life and just be constantly learning, then failure is inevitably a part of it. And it has such a negative connotation. I'm like, let's not call it failure. We're just calling it feedback. <laughs> yeah. And I finally realized when I was talking to a energy healing coach on another show and she, I finally told her I connected the pieces of when I was growing up, I was not allowed to fail. And so when you're not allowed to fail, that really has a lot to do with your self-esteem and your self-worth. Well, I end up failing a whole lot <laughs> in life and later on in life. And I attach that to my self-worthiness. But had those foundations been intact, like you said, looking at failure is feedback. That's what I tell my children now. If they fail, that's OK. Let's try this again. Let's see what didn't work. Let's see what did work. But as a child, neither my mom or my dad allowed me that space. So I think it is so foundational that those things could really develop in childhood and we aren't going back to uncover it's sort of like emotions being buried alive they're still there and they're trying to get out but they need to be uncovered so when you allow failure as feedback and recently one of my friends told me failure is just an experiment to her she says she's gonna try and if she fails it's just gonna be an experiment and I never looked at it that way you know ever I always looked at it like my parents had given me that baton of don't do this don't do this don't do you know so I think it's so important that's so good failure is definitely feedback so how do we handle our inner critic how do we handle the person that's always telling us you shouldn't have did this you can't do this don't do this um that person that's keeping us safe and really not growing how do you handle your inner critic <laughs> it's such a good question too because your inner critic really comes out in those moments of failure mm -hmm. so learning how to handle your inner critic is critical in learning how to just take failure as feedback one thing that's really helpful is just giving your inner critic a name so i have a client her inner critic's name is petunia <laughs> but we can name you can name your inner critic if there's any any petunias out there listening right now i'm like shout out to you Shout out. But yeah, give it a name. So when that inner critic comes up, you can be like, oh, there are Petunias again. We're right. not doing this today, Petunia. And you begin to create a separation between you and your inner critic because right. your inner critic is not you. And right. so when you can create that separation, then you can learn to kind of shut the door on it. Right. But the first step is to really become aware of when Petunia or whatever you may name it comes out and to then choose to not spiral, but to choose differently. Absolutely. That is so important because I often tell people that I'm counseling that person that you hear, that's not you. And your whole life, you will think that's you if you never separate you objectively from that person. That that person will lead your whole life because you're you're really you never stop to think that's not me. That's really that's just some some covered up energy. That's really not who I am. So that is so important to give it a name. 
So I hope you all wrote that down. Give your <laughs> name and the next time they show up, tell them where to go nicely, but tell them where to go <laughs> and move forward and absorb failure because failure might be an option. Another thing I wanted to ask you is what is at the foundation of becoming really confident, not just the confidence that we all say, okay, I'm confident I have to get up and do a speech, but really carrying that confidence with you your entire life, that source of your energy building upon that confidence. So how do we come to that foundation of really becoming confident? Two things. The first is self-awareness. When you are so clear and know who you are and what you care about in life, what your core values are, where you're going, you that just breeds confidence in the decisions that you make, right? So self-awareness is the foundation to confidence because you're just, you're like, this is me, this is where I'm going, hop on board or, you know, see ya, see ya later, no problem. So definitely self-awareness. And then really recognizing that confidence while in the dictionary it might be an adjective i or a noun is something like you have i really believe confidence is a verb it's an action it's not just something that you wake up and have it's doing things that are scary to you and recognizing that it turns out okay that's confidence and you're not going to develop it you can't think your way into feeling confident it's very much so in action So thinking about what am I doing or what am I not doing right now because I'm scared of what other people think of me and challenging yourself to do just one of those things or to stop doing one of those things and seeing that everything turns out okay. That's confidence and that's just going to build on itself. All right. I love that. And that brings me to my next question. What are some self-care daily tips? And and I want to add confidence tips that we can do. I absolutely love that you said it is a verb. And when you were speaking, I thought about someone sitting in a chair and then someone else getting up and doing something. It's not, confidence is not still. Confidence is an action. It is getting up, doing the thing, and having self-awareness. And I think that's a part of self-love too. Like looking at yourself and saying, you know what? It is what it is. I am who I am, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to try this thing because now I have the energy, the foundation of confidence, even if it doesn't turn out like I thought it would. I think that is so profound to confidence. So what are some daily practices that we can do to build our confidence. And then next, you can answer to build our self-care. So what are some of the things we could do to build confidence daily? To build confidence, first, I'll repeat just that question that I said before, because, you know, sometimes people are driving or the grocery shopping while they're listening to the podcast and they miss it. But this is so key. 
ask yourself, what is one thing I would start doing if I did not care about what other people thought of me and do that thing? And as you're doing it, remind yourself, I am already a worthy being. What people think of me has nothing to do with my worthiness. How many likes I get on Instagram, nothing to do with my worthiness. What my boss thinks of me if I get promoted at work, nothing to do with my worthiness. I am already a worthy being. You can look yourself in the mirror, in the eyes and just say it over and over again. I am worthy. I am enough. And you actually, I know for me, I personally like cried the first few times I did this because when you really look yourself in the eyes and are like, I'm enough. And you've never said that to yourself your whole life. And you say it and you believe it. You're like, that's a very emotional experience. So just really, I am worthy. I am enough. Yeah. And to really allow yourself to feel that while mm-hmm. you're saying that, that I am I am enough. I am worthy. I am I am truly enough because everybody in here, wherever you're going, they have reservations too, but they're doing it. They're they're placing themselves there. And that's what I found out a lot too with looking on the inside. A lot of people are just simply showing up. They're showing up with what they have, with these pieces. And whether they look like they're enough or whether they look like (laughs) they can do this, they're just simply showing up because of the confidence that they have on the inside. So I think that is so important, that affirmation in the morning. So what are some things that we could do daily for self-care? So I want to give some some ideas that are perhaps different than what most people say, because I think we've all heard the do a face mask and go for a walk and take a bath, (laughs) all those things that we're like, okay, that's great. I think some really beautiful acts of self-care are one, don't look at your phone, your texts, your emails when you first wake up in the morning. That is such an act of love for yourself. Two, eat a meal with no technology. Just allow yourself to taste the food and enjoy the food. Like that's such a beautiful gift to yourself to really allow yourself to be present with food and like perhaps with the company you're with. Like that is such a beautiful gift to yourself and it's free. (laughs) Free. Yes. I, now let me tell you something. I love that tip because I am a foodie. I'm a foodie. (laughs) I just enjoy moments with food and just being present and and food represents such self-care to me. So I I love that tip. So um, I just want to thank you for being here today. And is there anything you want to tell our listeners how to get in touch with you? Anything you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Alexa Kmart. I would love to connect with anyone listening. You can just drop in my DMs what resonated the most for you. I always love to hear what resonates for people and just hear more about you and your story. You just heard so much from me. I want to hear about you. So you can just slide right into my DMs at Alexa Kmart. Let me know what resonated most for you. And I'm just so grateful to have been on here today. This was such a great talk. Okay. Um, And now it's time for something to sip on. So I'm going to ask you three rapid fire questions that um, they are life questions and just Mm -hmm. answer them as best you can. So the first question is, what are you working on in this season of your life? I am working on building my business 
So I'm a mindset coach. So yeah, spending a lot of time working on building my business as well as building my my sense of unconditional self-worthiness. <laughs> Get, getting real personal real fast. Me and my partner are going long distance for the first time. So really working on my own confidence and self-worthiness through all of that. Okay. And what brings you joy? Food, spending time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> spending time with the people I love, just those moments of joy and laughter and when you're just like fully present with the people around you and moving my body. I really enjoy dancing, walking, spinning, any sort of movement. And the last question is, what has been your greatest life lesson? <laughs> that is a big one for sure. My greatest life lesson. Mm. I think my biggest life lesson is just recognizing that everything and everyone is exactly as they're supposed to be. We're so quick to judge others and be like, they shouldn't be doing that. They should be doing this or that. But just learning that like, there's no such thing as should. The world shouldn't be any particular way. It is as it is. The people around you are as they are and everything's happening exactly as it's supposed to. That is a great life lesson. And if I think if we can adjust to that, oh my goodness, we could raise the energy of this whole world because we won't be expecting each other to be as we think we should be. We would just be living and enjoying time that we have here. So thank you so much for being here today. And friends, you could connect with Alexa, like she said, on Instagram and everything about her will you. be in the show notes. Okay, thank you for being here. Yes, thank you so much. So friends, I hope today's episode was food for your soul and fuel for your life. You can go to anywhere you're listening to this podcast and find out more on our guests. Please rate, share, subscribe to this podcast on any platform. I am your host, KK Smith. And remember, you can always celebrate wins and get back up again inside the Mom Stuff Coffee Shop.